welcome to the Midlife with Careers podcast. I'm your host, Kim Benoit, and every week I share stories of women just like you, amazing women over 40 who have found their courage to live life on their terms. These beautiful women have found the confidence to take on midlife like rock stars. They share their stories to inspire and encourage you to find your courage, build your confidence, and start living every moment. Remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please remember to show me some love and leave a review. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Midlife with Courage. I'm Kim Benoit, your host, and I'm so happy to have you here. I'm also very happy to have my guest here today. Her name is Gina Mitchell. Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Gina is a mom and she's a teacher and we're going to talk about those different things, but she's also involved in some things that I wanted to share with my listeners. And so we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, a little teaser there for you, but Gina, why don't we start and just tell us where in the world are you and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, perfect. So we live in Indiana. So we live in kind of central Southern Indiana. Uh, I live with my son, Sam, and I've been married for uh, 26 years. Mm. So <clears throat> we just are getting ready to celebrate our 27th, actually, here pretty soon. I have been a teacher for almost 18 years, and 17 of those years, I've taught eighth grade uh, language arts. Wow. So I do that. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a time some days. I also am president of our 501c3 nonprofit, and I'm president of the corporation. So I, I wear a lot of hats. Um, you know, I'm, I'm first and foremost a mom to Sam. You know, I'm a wife, and I'm a teacher, and then um, I also feel very passionately about our 501c3 and what we do with that. So, um, yeah, we stay pretty busy <laughs> as a family. Awesome. Awesome. I met Sam through a little uh, podcast event. So I was excited to talk to you. And we are going to talk about Sam and that organization. But let's talk about you first, because this is all about about you and the women that I like to talk to and the, the women listening. You mentioned to me that you are interested in sharing with other women that, you know, you get to a certain point, sometimes you want more, you want to do something else. And you've been a teacher for a long time. And for gosh sakes, eighth graders, I don't think I would ever want to teach eighth graders, but good for you. <laughs> Thank you. Why is that something that you're kind of passionate about as well as, you know, letting other women know that there's other things that they can do? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think women get asked that uh, near enough and, um, I think women can, you know, get to be middle-aged women and kind of be stuck and, you know, they've done something for so long that maybe in their minds they think that if I, since I've done this so long, I'm very comfortable, I don't want to step out of my comfort zone and I want to keep doing this, even if they're unhappy or even if it's not for them anymore. And that's true, but you, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. Um, and I know how scary it is because I, I love my students. I love them like my own and they know that I do. Um, but they also know, I've shared with them before that, you know, with my, the, the nonprofit that we run, that might be something that I want to do full time or maybe even something else. And I think it's okay to want that. And I think it's okay to go get that. I mean, you don't ever have to feel stuck in that situation. 
as far as your career and what you want out of life, especially when your kids, you know, start to be grown and they start leaving the house and you're kind of doing the same thing that you've always done, even though you don't want to. And that's really not fair for you. Like that's, you know, so I, that, that's, I feel just really strongly about that is um, just do, do you and don't feel guilty about it. And, you know, I would say we get one life, we get one chance and, we're not getting any younger, <laughs> you know, I think you gotta take advantage of that. So, yeah, I mean, that right there is the message of this podcast and what I try and tell people, like, you don't have to, yes, you probably feel stuck, but you don't have to be, there's things you can do. And I love that. Um, and, you know, I do talk to women who they, well, I've been doing this for so long. I might as well just keep doing it. And, oh, I just want to go, no, but you don't have to. <laughs> so, right. Um, right. Well, um, and I will say you don't have to, but then there is this side of it to where if not, you don't have to, but maybe it is in your best interest, you know, for your family or for our children. Um, we're kind of in a situation where um, my husband is 10 years older than I am. So when you start dating somebody and, you know, especially if they're older than you, you don't think when I was 22, when I started to date him, when he was in his early 30s, I didn't think, oh, you know what, one of these days, he's going to be at retirement age, and I'm not. So we're going to have to think about insurance. And we're going to, that doesn't, you know, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. Sure. And so now that's where we are, is he's three or four years from retiring. And when he retires, he doesn't keep his insurance. And so I have insurance like through my, like we're on his insurance right now. So I know that's kind of a small thing, but not really. It's really not. <laughs> we have to think about that. So that's not the only reason that I've stayed teaching, but that's a big part of it. Sure. That's sure. A, a very big part of, of why I'm still a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um... <laughs> my listeners know that my husband retired last fall. And so I haven't talked a lot about the insurance part of it, but we, you know, went from not having to, you know, we had insurance and there wasn't much we had to do. And then we had to figure it out how to find insurance again. Um, and that's not fun and it's right. not easy, but yeah, I totally get that. And then there's the other part of it too, where you um, like, I was a nurse, I decided to retire. Um, I was so unhappy at the point where I was ready to retire, but I had this business waiting anyway. So I think when you're in a profession like a nursing or a teacher, that it's like, but, you know, I don't want to give that up and they need me, but there kind of comes a time when you have to do what's best for you. Well, I would say, you know, when the wheel has turned all the way around and you know, when something has run its course, right. you know that, like, you know, when I've done it, you know, I did it. I took 100 eighth graders for 11 years straight. I took them to Washington, D.C. About wow. three years ago, I gave, I gave that up. There were younger teachers at school that was me at one point. And I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I, you can do it. Like, mm -hmm. somebody else needs to do this because you're 30, you're 25. You can sleep on a bus all night and then... <laughs> You don't have to take a week to recoup. You don't have to do that, but I right. do. And that's, so, you know, I've, I've started to say no, you know, like more at work. I'm a very strong, independent woman. And I also am a leader. I get stressed if I'm not like to be in control of situations. But as I get older, 
I'm letting go of some of that control. You know, like the whole time that I have been a teacher for 15 years, I was our team leader. Mm-hmm. I was always the team leader and I never wanted it any other way. But then a couple of years ago, I thought, I don't want to be the team leader anymore. Somebody else like make the decision and then I'll just do what they tell me to do. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. Like we, our team leader right now, she's 30 years old mm-hmm. and she's rocking it. Like she's doing wonderful. And I just, I just say, you know, what do you want me to do? I'll do it. And nice. she tells me what to do. And I'm completely okay with that right now. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? It's like, there's no pressure or less pressure, I guess oh. I should say. Yeah. I love that. I did it. Like I've done, I did it. I'm, you know, no longer one of the younger teachers in the building. So my principal, and there are projects I still lead, but you know, if he really needs a question answered in the language arts department, I mean, he's going to come to me just because I've done it the longest. And so there are still times where I am leading, but to have the official title of the things I'm with teaching anyway, I'm, I'm okay to let that go and let someone else do that. When you were talking about the wheel has turned or, you know, you've done what you had to do. I was just, I actually have a episode coming out soon where uh, a, a lady was in television and um, she decided not to be like, she was working on like MTV or something. And she decided she needed to spend more time with her family. And she thought people would, were given a hard time. Like, how can you stop doing that? Well, she's just like, well, I did it. I'm done. I checked that box and now I'm moving on to something else and pay more attention to my family. Um, so that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's, I know that we'll talk about it eventually, but with yep. the um, nonprofit that I have, that's what I'm passionate about now. And yeah. that's what I want. And that's what I, got, I have my sights set on. So yeah, I know, love things that. Change. Yep, they do. And you have to be happy. That's a great segue into why don't you tell me about Sam and how this all came about to your nonprofit. And let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I have, you know, taught for many, many years. That was, that's where my expertise level is, is, you know, I have, um, I have a lot of school (laughs) to be a teacher, but, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I, it's okay, you know, like, that's just kind of how my future went. But my son, Sam, uh, was diagnosed with autism when he was four. And very classic textbook autism as being an educator, I kind of, knew that's probably what was going on but you know like kind of long story short his life has been very fulfilling for him and we've put things in place for him to be successful because I always knew that he could be but there were some very hard dark days you know like throughout his life um I've talked to many many parents and a lot of parents won't say this out loud but there were times I thought I can get in that car and I could drive far far away and someone else will do this. Someone else will raise a child with autism because there were times that it was almost too much, like almost too hard for me. Um, and But I didn't, obviously, and I love him more than my life. I mean, he's everything to me, but it's a very, very hard road um, to go. But as he got older, he did struggle. He really struggled socially. It was heartbreaking, you know, at times. But he finally, the way he explains it, when he was a sophomore in high school, he made the decision that he wasn't going to care about what people thought of him anymore. If people thought he was weird, then people thought he was weird. And that really changed his whole life whenever he did that. He 
joined his high school's media club, and I was very excited because I thought, well, it'll be a hobby, and he can, you know, make new friends, and I just thought it would be a very positive thing, and he loved it, completely clicked with him with podcasting. It's the department that he joined, and he loved it. He came home, and he said, Mom, I'm going to start a podcast, and I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what it was, and so I was just excited that he was interested, and I said, go for it. I said, you know, you can kind of teach me what it is. And so he just started talking about having autism. He got behind a microphone, and he just started talking about it. And kind of long story short, it caught on very, very quickly. He, uh, it, it just got the attention of the like, sponsors, businesses called and said, we love what he's doing. Have you ever thought about doing ad space? And that's kind of how it started. Uh-huh. And then um, the TV station started to call, and we were a little overwhelmed with the attention it was getting because I never dreamed it would. And then he started to, you know, be able to meet really awesome people with big platforms. And uh, we finally saw, you know, like, this is really, really needed. So we started a 501c3 nonprofit with autism advocacy. And I always knew that it needed to happen. I always knew that society is not built for people on the spectrum. And I always knew that. And um, I saw this very negative connotation that is still associated with autism. There's a huge stigma that surrounds it. And so I always saw a need for people to understand like what it was and what it wasn't. Um, and then as Sam like proceeded with his journey, we kind of had an opportunity to do that. And so we now have the 501c3, Sam is our executive director. So we have a board of seven and they kind of guide us with the projects that we have going on. So I'm president of the corporation and that's what I want to do full time right now. Um, Nonprofits are hard to fund and to generate revenue. So luckily they did vote um, several months ago to put Sam on the payroll. That's really what matters, you know. So I always joke with Sam and say, mama's next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think just that, just as a little aside, like if you call it a nonprofit, people think, oh, well, they don't need money. I mean, there has to be a different name for those, you know, like. I don't know. That always bugs me. <laughs> Sorry, that was kind of a well, little and, tangent there. but No, no, no. I, I'm glad you said that because I, like I said, I'm a teacher by trade and I'm an educator and I'm an expert in, you know, literacy and, and, you know, kids, social, emotional wellness. And that's what I do. The people that we have on the board, luckily, we have expertise in finances. We have one of our board members has ran mm, in the past 30 years years he's probably ran over 60 nonprofits so oh, wow. he's an expert and very knowledgeable about nonprofits so we luckily have all of this expertise on our board that they had to explain to me don't be afraid to make money with what you're doing here because if you want Sam to be an advocate for for people on the spectrum he can't do it if there's not money generated um, and there is an overhead and in, in revenue and he should be getting paid. Sure. He should be getting paid for his hard work. And then, you know, just a few weeks ago, the conversation came and said, but what about Gina? You know, <laughs> and as long as, as long as Sam can get paid and I'm okay, but 
it, there's going to have to come a time because I mean I, I work two jobs. I mean I right. work during the day. I'm a teacher, and at night I'm the president of a corporation. So mm -hmm. it, it's a lot to sustain for sure. So what is the name of the organization? So we could say that. Sure. So we are Autism Rocks and Rolls uh, Corporation. Uh -huh. And then uh, Sam's podcast is Autism Rocks and Rolls. So the everything runs through the nonprofit, but it's really two separate entities. Um, Sam is totally in charge of the podcast. Um, he does all of the production, all of the editing, all of, I help him some, but mm -hmm. I'm mainly about 95% nonprofit. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I know how much work it is to do my little podcast. So his, <laughs> his is amazing. A friend of mine has a son with autism and I, I told her about his podcast. She goes, oh yeah, I already listened to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Yeah. She lives in Texas. So we, um, it's incredible. Like it's incredible. The people <laughs> that, that does know about his podcast. Um, he, uh, Oh, about six months ago, he started to sign autographs and we got into the car and I said, I love it that you're signing autographs, but I've taught you to always stay humble and I expect you to do that. So uh, he, I up with him, you know, but he does the, the nonprofit, we do plan events to kind of, you know, our mission is to show the success of everybody really on or off of the autism spectrum. And that's really the core of our mission. And so Sam, through that, we, we do local events, but he has now he, you know, he gets hired to speak at schools and he gets to go to um, autism conferences. And we just got back from Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. He spoke at a neurodiversity in the workplace and he got wow. to speak directly to employers that are very afraid to hire people on the spectrum. And it was powerful. It was powerful wow. coming from somebody who looked at them and said, why are you not hiring me? I mean, look at my resume. Why are you scared? Yeah. So he has done some really powerful things. What a powerful thing to do to say here, this is me. And why, why aren't you like, it's almost like, tell me why. So let's, mm -hmm. oh, it just gives me goosebumps. <laughs> I did. I got, I got goosebumps. He, I help him being the English mind that, and he has a very English mind too, but um, you know, I, we always, Anytime we go to a conference, I have a small part in it to where he, you know, I, as from a mother's standpoint, I am on stage with him for maybe like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, people later, many times say, you know, like you guys, you, and we do, like we make a good team. Mm -hmm. And um, most of the time, <laughs> I think most of the time he wants to like, we want to rip each other's heads off sometimes because we're both like, we both have very strong personalities, but that, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm uh, being proud of him is an understatement. Like I'm, oh. I, I'm amazed at what he has accomplished in his 20 years so far. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, I, I mean, I can feel it. I can, I can understand that being so proud of him and um, that is amazing. So he does a lot of speaking. What other kind of projects are you working on through the organization? We are, we do have a lot of, pro well, not a lot. We have some irons in the fire. Um, one, I can't, I can't talk about too much. I can okay. say a little bit because it is so early in the, it's like an infancy state and we, uh, I, I can talk a little bit about it, but one, um, we definitely are a, a book. We almost have fingers crossed, almost a book published. Um, it's a children's book that Sam and I, Sam was co-author 
um, on it. And so we are working with Future Horizons, which is the same books, the same company that has um, published all of Dr. Temple Grandin's books. Um, so we are fingers crossed that it's going to pan out, but that's a really big one that we have. And then we also do have a kind of a multimedia project that's in the, like I said, the beginning stages. Sam has recently become an ambassador for the Flutie Foundation oh. in uh, Florida. And so we are um, doing a lot of things with them. And that's why I can't say very much, but sure. um, if, it, if what we want to pan out pans out, it's, it's going to be a huge game changer for me and my role in Autism Rocks and Rolls. And it, it could potentially like be the break that we need. Um, you know, so, but yeah, things, big things are on the horizon, we hope. Uh, (laughs) That's just amazing. And all because he decided he, first of all, he didn't care what anybody thought. Good for him and good for you for, he had to learn that somewhere. He learned that from you. Um, and then I want to be on a podcast or I want to make a podcast. And that just is amazing to me. It's very inspiring to me personally too. Like, Here's this 20 year old kid who's yeah, doing all these wonderful things. One thing too, that I, I really want people to understand about autism is, and, and I know people have heard this before, but when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And what we have seen in our, in our journey is, you know, you have somebody that's at a very low functioning rate, which is totally fine, but they are successful in their own right. And there's something that they are offering to this world that is often ignored. And then you have somebody like Sam, who is a very high thinker, but when he goes, he's, he's moving out in about four months and he's going to go oh. to a college that is about an hour away. Uh-huh. And he can do all of these amazing things, but functionally he will need everyday help. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I just want people to understand that even though you have this person that comes across is like oh my gosh like they have it together you know they Mm -hmm. they can do this they can do that everybody needs help and honestly nobody has it together (laughs) there is nobody nobody has it together we we throw the word disability around and we put people we will put sam into not us but like society in general will put sam into a box of somebody who is disabled and I don't know why he's in that box by himself when we all technically are disabled. And honestly, our goal every day is to make it to the end of the day. That's what we all try to do. And really, Sam and all of these people that are even deemed low functioning, that's all they're trying to do, too. Mm-hmm. And w- there's not a lot of difference in right. how, <laughs> you know. Yep. Nope. We're all people at the core and we all want the same things. So I wish we would all remember that. A lot of us need to remember that. (laughs) It would solve a lot of the world's problems. That's for sure. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, So how, how do you feel about him moving away in four months? Not good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am a lot more concerned than he is. He's concerned. He, we have different concerns. His, his concern is academically because he does think in a very different way. There's always had to be accommodations in place for Sam to be successful, which is fine because again, we all have accommodations in place. Like mm-hmm. I do, you know, to help me. But I, I worry about the 
functionality of him <clears throat> living on his own, somebody taking advantage of him, um, him not maybe making the best decision in a safety issue. And that that's, as a mom, that is my biggest concern. But, you know, of course, he's like, mom, I'm fine. Like, I got it. I'm I'll do fine. it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, but honestly, I'm really proud of him, and I want him to do this. But to have, like, a full hour-long conversation about it, I'd probably lose my mind. Yeah. Like, if I really started thinking too hard about it, but... <laughs> Okay, you know, well, we won't talk about it. That's what it is. <laughs> that was totally fine. It's, I probably need to. It probably would yeah. help me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point, you probably will need to. <laughs> All of us with kids that age, like, oh no, how are they going to do this or that or the other? Like, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know he yeah. will be. He's, yeah. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I just. I love this conversation. This is awesome. And I also love that just to go back where you said, you know, some days you just wanted to get out of town and just let somebody else do what you did. I think that was so courageous of you to say that and to admit that, like you said, not everyone's going to say that all of us moms at some point have wanted to do that. <laughs> um, but you just kept going. Mm -hmm. I think that's wonderful. Um, yeah. You, you've raised a wonderful young man. I appreciate that. And I, I really do, but I have to say it took a village. It took, and it, it always does. You know, I've never met somebody that was like, Oh, you know, those two teenagers that I raised, that was really easy. <sighs> never heard anybody say that. So um, it took, you know, obviously my husband, um, our extended family, my, my parents, especially really have stepped in and my husband's parents and, just friends and he's had a army you know that that believed in him and also held him accountable um uh. he has struggled with things but I never I never looked at him as autistic Sam I always looked at him as Sam whose brain is wired like this and sometimes it will wear you down it's a beautiful thing we've talked to parents I've We've been at events and I've had parents come to our booth and stand there and sob, grown men, that their six-year-old was just diagnosed with autism and, and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And they are beside themselves. And I'm not an autism expert, but I'm an expert in our story. Mm -hmm. And my response to them is, I understand. I was standing right in your shoes, but I'm going to tell you, like, 15, 16 years down the road, it is a beautiful, beautiful journey. Even in the darkest, hardest times, there is that dawn that comes and it can be a beautiful ride, but a hard one, you know, that, that life's hard. <laughs> and, the, and when I tell people that, they don't believe me or, or they are so stuck in that moment where you know and I don't expect them to but sometimes it just helps for somebody who does understand to say it right and to say it, 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 it in whatever capacity it really will be okay it really will be in almost 100% of the cases um, but but it's hard to see that in that moment for sure yeah I'm sure and at some point they will hear that they will re remember that and hear that. 
it seems like that would be a great journey for you to take is to help the other parents in some way, which you're already mm -hmm. doing, obviously, but maybe there's more yeah. that you can do with that at some point. Um, yeah. yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah. so. We have so many irons in the fire and um, with a nonprofit, it, what we have learned is when you start the nonprofit, we, we kind of were doing things that a nonprofit does for two years, really, anyway. But then when we made it official is when things kind of ramped up. But we have so many ideas. But what we finally realized was, okay, we do have to pick two or three things to concentrate on because we all have full-time jobs and um, a lot. So with this project that we have coming, I, it seems very, very promising. And, and, I, and I'm hoping that it's the thing that will push Autism Rocks and Rolls to the absolute furthest it can go. So Autism Rocks and Rolls, it's the podcast and it's your 501c3. And we'll put that in the show notes so everyone can check that out. Um, before we go, I, I like to ask my guest if there's one more little piece of information, but I think you kind of already did it. I want to just kind of tell people how to get to us, you know, www.autismrocksandrolls.com. We have a brand new website we just launched, uh, info at autismrocksandrolls.com. And, you know, Sam, like I said, is a motivational speaker. He loves to talk to schools. We, we always want to kind of like start early with the kids and talk to them about being accepting of other people. And that's really where it's important. I would say just watch what we do because we're doing a lot. So, um, yeah. yeah, we I'm have, I will say too, we, thank you. I appreciate that. If you just want to help out and see what Sam is doing, then um, you can check out our website to see about that as well. And I will put in a plug for the Flutie Foundation. Um, they're amazing people. They are helping people like Sam further their dreams in music, in art, in speaking, podcasting, media. They have this amazing program that uh, works with those on the spectrum. They're great people. So I was want to put in a plug for them. Sure. Yeah. And we can put a link to them too in the show notes um, yeah. for you. So awesome. Well, Gina, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, I learned a lot thank you. and I'm very inspired by you and Sam and I'm just so excited that we connected. So I hope you have a great day and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Midlife with Courage. I hope that it has inspired and motivated you to live your best life. I'm Kim Benoy, a retired registered nurse, a wife, a mom, and now a certified aromatherapist. To learn more about my story and to get some tools to help you on your health and wellness journey, please go to my website, www.midlifewithcourage.com. You'll find lots of great information there. And if you would like to, go ahead and subscribe to my newsletters so that you are always up to date on what's happening. I promise not to bombard you. I usually send out a newsletter once, maybe twice a month. So check that out. Until next time, take care of your beautiful self, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.